Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back-to-back losses for your Los Angeles Rams. Can they respond and salvage their season at home against the Arizona Cardinals? Week 10 in the National Football League, the unofficial midway point of 2022. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. And just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, Matthew Stafford's in the concussion protocol. Say it ain't so, man. Really? What happened? Did you see anything? He's been taking bumps for about the past month and a half. But did you? I didn't finish the game in Tampa. I didn't see anything, but I've seen enough to not be surprised that it's taken this long for him to land on the shelf. Which is not to say he won't be clearing the concussion protocol and potentially available to play on Sunday. It's too early in the week for any of that. But he's been through the shredder enough to not be surprised. Well, I'm happy. I, I, I told you I talked with David Edwards, and we were talking about his concussions, his symptoms, and what was going on with him. Because remember I said it's going to be tough for a guard to avoid head contact. That's That could be a career killer for him, but it wasn't like that. It was when he whipped his head, things would happen. So that was diagnosed as this type of concussion. This is what makes me happy because now we know more about concussions. Matthew Stafford could have said, I had a headache on Tuesday. Hey, you know what that is? That's a concussion, man. That's not something you treat with Advil. You need rest. So from a player's standpoint, so happy. But from a Rams standpoint, oh my God, you're losing your most important guy on a big week, a division week. That stinks. For an offense that seemingly could not be any more anemic, I mean, I think that was probably the worst performance, or it's on the very, very short list of worst performances since Sean McVay became their head coach last week in Tampa Bay. Look out. Look out. But maybe this is the shock to the system. This is the how low can we go moment where they rally around it. If Stafford can't go Sunday, maybe they bring a new disposition to the game. And it provides a spark. Am I grasping at straws? No. Big week for Sean McVay coaching-wise because of what happened in Tampa, how devastating that was. And I don't care. It's 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 human nature. It splits your locker room in half. It puts your defense on one side and everyone else on the other. Um, so it, it's a big week for him to mend that fence. And it's also a big week for Raheem Morris because you got to keep your guys going. After the stop they made and you basically – handed the team a victory and the offense couldn't come up with it so that takes a lot out of you you should have seen Bobby Wagner after the game how long he just sat there just sat there like he was in a bath he was bathing in that disappointment so that's tough to get over in three or four days so big week for them but if I'm Raheem Morris if I'm Jalen Ramsey Aaron Donald I'm shooting for the number one defense in the league this is what we're gonna have to do to get to where we want to go because I still believe it's possible uh, it's tough to ask more of them, especially given the sentiment that we flew home with on Sunday. But now here we are on Thursday, and I think it's perfectly fair to ask more of them. Quite frankly, like the Arizona Cardinals have scored five touchdowns on defense this year. Five. Yeah. Rams haven't scored any. Like, yeah, yeah you got to go get some. Uh, you, takeaways and turnovers need to improve definitely. But the disappointment is, yeah. speaking of Bobby Wagner, like, He's delivered on all of that promise. Oh, he was everywhere. Like, if you were hoping that he would be a solid B-plus with that signing in free agency, he's been an A-plus. 
You've got three Hall of Famers on your defense, Donald, Wagner, and Ramsey, and they're all playing like it. And so it would be such a shame to squander this moment, this season, with an inept offense. It feels a little bit like Brandon Staley's first year and only year with the Rams when they were the number one defense in the league Yeah, and you couldn't cash it in, right? That was pre-Super Bowl run and you felt like, did the Rams just give away the best year of Aaron Donald's prime? Right. Dot, 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 dot. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, no. It came around and they got him and they got this city a ring. This defense isn't the best defense in the National Football League, but it's good enough to win a championship. Oh, no doubt. I'd look, and uh, back in my player days, this is different to Marco in his 20s, so I'd be looking to shame you, uh, shame the offense by being great on defense. I mean, absolutely crushing and suffocating on defense. I want everyone to know it's not us. You See know that I mean? contrast? Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that's got to be your mentality, but it can send you the other way when you're frustrated, no matter how great we play. Uh, we can even scoop and score a few times, and we're still in trouble at the end of games, and you don't come through. Uh, it could pull you apart and not make guys quit, but just... I'm not going to defend this offense anymore. You know what I'm saying? So this is a huge week for the coaching staffs and the players. I know exactly what you mean, and I was really impressed by your exchange with Sean McVay on our coaches show Monday about that very element and how he responds to and handles someone like Jalen Ramsey, a vocal leader on this team, saying enough is enough. We'll get to that a little bit later on in this edition of Rams All Access. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. Um, but let's continue on with what's ailing the offense What's going to change this week? We don't know the answer to the quarterback position, but I think we have a pretty clear indication that there will be yet another offensive line starting combination. If Coleman Shelton is good to go, he's back in at guard. And I thought Chandler Brewer played well enough to warrant another start as well. That would, in all likelihood, bump Bobby Evans, who's been, quite frankly, one of the worst, if not the worst, performing offensive lineman in the league out of the starting five. Wow, you know, and I'm, I'm, I, it, it saddens me some because Bobby Wagner, this is what is, th- or not Bobby Wagner, Bobby Evans. This is his third year, fourth year, fourth year guy, and this was a big opportunity for him to change perception. So I think I counted. He's he's been in about 270 of a, of about 420 plays, and there hasn't been consistent improvement. Dare I say there's been the opposite. You know what I mean? It got scary. So now your quarterback is out. So there's things you're going to have to do offensively to protect your number one asset. Uh, Right now, the best thing for might be rest. But this is what we were trying to get to last week. With offensive lines that are struggling, what most teams do is go to more of a direct snap and create just one more gap for the defense to have to think about and run the ball that way. So how do you do that with Matthew Stafford? Put him at receiver, right? Or he's not going to play this week and your quarterback becomes a viable run threat. Because both of your quarterbacks below him on the depth chart are just that. Yeah. And I would like to think you could supplement it with more multiple tight end packages, except for to this point, the Rams have pretty much told you that they only have one tight end, Tyler Higby. Or use a fullback. Problem is the Rams only have Ben Skoranek as the closest thing. Can I make a point on that before you move on? I would borrow from the defense if I could. I would. They, they did briefly. Remember Michael Hoyt came over and played? Yeah, for a see, snap? I'd yeah. get one of those psychos and put them at fullback, but that's besides the point. But go ahead. There, there's a fine line between creativity and desperation, right? And, and asking, I think you're there. <laughs> Your quarterback's out, I, or might be. Yeah. I, I don't mean to be flippant, but yeah. what's, what's the worst that can happen? You 
put up less than 200 yards right. against the Cardinals. You just did that in Tampa Bay. I'm right for crying there with out loud. Like, right there with you. Yeah. So, um, here's the thing: is I don't like naming names. Like nothing against Bobby Evans. We're critiquing the performance, not the person. By all accounts, he's invested as anyone there and wants it Great just guy. as badly no as yeah. any of his teammates, and far more than any of us or any of the fans. Um, but you're not getting enough from corners of your offense. I said this on our podcast earlier today, and, and I'm not calling these individuals out. I'm saying this is emblematic of, of just how short the Rams are falling offensively. They have drafted players like Tutu Atwell, like Bryson Hopkins, like Jacob Harris, um, like Lance McCutcheon, undrafted, but led the NFL in receiving this preseason. Van Jefferson, by injury, unfortunate circumstances. Those five players, DeMarco, have as many catches combined this season as Jake Gervas, wow. a special teams linebacker who caught a fake punt. Wow, that can't be. And so, yeah. and so here's the tough part, and, and I believe me, I feel this tension, and, and I don't have the experience to answer to it or to suggest anything other than what they're doing. But the coaching staff is in a tough spot because you're too deep in the season to be doling out practice reps and trying to develop talent or or give guys a prove-it opportunity, right? There's no midseason scrimmages in the National Football League where someone can show out and be like, hey, this guy might deserve a chance. The only option is to put that individual or a combination of those individuals under the lights and see how they show. No doubt. I'm right there with you. And it's funny when I see Tutu Atwell, when I'm out on the field, and he warms up and then doesn't play or he's in street clothes. And I'm like, wow, I wish that player there could help you out there on offense. But it doesn't matter if you had all those guys up at the same time. If you're only getting 57 snaps a game, if you can't stay on the field, you know what I mean? There's not much you can do offensively because if it's first and 10, I'm probably going to want Cup. I'm probably going to want Brian Allen and Van Jefferson or some combination but I get it but if but if I'm off the field in three plays even if I do have those guys up where's the opportunity I, I get it normally it's hey we are humming on offense and we can spell our frontline starters with a rep or a series of some of the players that we just mentioned but to your point they're not getting those opportunities they are the highest three and out rate in the league so you might need to actually put the cart before the horse or however you want to phrase like Put those players in and see if they can't get you. On first and ten. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not taking Cooper Cup off the field. No, nor yeah, am I. Yeah, nor right, am I. Right. And, and look, like, <laughs> I get it. Bryson Hopkins maybe hasn't practiced well enough to warrant this opportunity. Or maybe his suspension derailed your plans for his third season. But if he was good enough for the Super Bowl yeah. to catch all four of his targets, then surely... Surely he can give you something on Sunday, right? Uh, uh, definitely sure. Or, or, I, I think that when you talk about desperation and people being replaced, you said as soon as the post-game speech in the locker room, they were talking about replacing players or shaking things up. Tight end is one of the places I thought. Uh, you've got to get better there at the point of attack running the football. And you've got to get better catching the football out of the backfield. Just something different there. I hate to say it. You know how much I love Tyler Higby, But it may be a chance to give somebody else an opportunity there. He looks like he's hurting. And On I, every snap. And how yeah. could he not be? Because right. he has been playing a huge snap count volume, and he has been legitimately injured on multiple occasions and fights through it. He is an absolute warrior. Absolutely. Right. But who else might give you a fresh chance Well, look, to Bryson show Hopkins, something? you got healthy body parts, and you're young enough. Get your butt out there and start blocking. I mean, they brought Pinkney up to play special yeah. teams like... 
we don't like just throwing darts at the board, right? No, no. This feels like blind stock picking here. But we but, do know football, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, you drafted these players. So right. at some point along the way, you saw the raw talent, the ability, the promise to give them an NFL opportunity, their first NFL opportunity. Maybe that opportunity came and went and they, they did not deliver on it. But I think at 3-5, and five, with one of the worst offenses in the league in terms of production might be time to revisit certain options right there and i'm geeked i'm excited and scared to see kyron williams because i have him built up in my head to be this and i hope that it actually works out that way you know what i mean demarco they've built him up in your head that way but it's going to be tough for anybody to run the football right now that's Uh, what i mean yes yes and it's very difficult for rookie running backs traditionally in the Sean McVay system to thrive. It's taken exactly. it's taken a while for him to secure trust in these young running backs, whether it's Daryl Henderson or Cam Akers or numerous others, to do their job with the ball in their hands and especially without the football in their hands in pass protection. So a lot to overcome, and there's a chance that there could be a new man behind center, whether that's John Wolford or Bryce Perkins. We'll talk about that in our next segment. Plus, I really enjoyed, like I said, Sean McVay's response to your question about, as a head coach, how do you feel about Jalen Ramsey saying, something's got to change. This isn't good enough. Calling out a whole side of the locker room. We'll get his response in case you missed it. When we continue with this edition of Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back with DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. Hope you're having a great week. Thank you for spending part of it with us. Still to come on this edition of Rams All Access, we'll go inside Cardinals territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory to get the latest on Kyler Murray's injury, Buda Baker's absence, uh, and even that first episode of Hard Knocks, plus a lap around the NFC West. Uh, One of the rivals is playing abroad this week in fact the division leading Seattle Seahawks but let's continue with DeMarco Farr uh on I I thought the lead topic of the week until Stafford's concussion protocol bubbled up and that was the defense saying something's got to change we shouldn't have had to go back on the field and I really liked listening to Jalen Ramsey's show his podcast show for more context on what he meant by his comments. So I'll let you kind of take it from there and then we'll get uh, Sean McVay's reaction. Uh, Been there. I mean, look, uh, I took a picture of it. I don't normally do this when I'm on the sideline, but it was the, the, I think it was a timeout before the fourth down play. But the the fourth and two that Donald batted or whatever? Yeah. You're talking about that one? That basically ended the game before the offense. Oh, 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 the one in the end zone. Yeah. I, I took a picture of the scoreboard, the time, the score, the everything, because I thought this was epic. This was an epic play. This could change the season around. If they make this stop, all your problems go away. Uh, Remember I keep saying, winning is a great deodorant, right? Sure. So you win this game down here. You pull off a miracle. You stop Tom Brady from beating you. Everything changes. And they made the play. They're celebrating. You could see these guys flexing. It was awesome. We all felt the same. The game is over. All you need is one first down. All you need is 10 yards. 
Easy, right? Even for a struggling offense. And then you have to put them right back on the field so they get scored on and lose. I mean, you go from absolute euphoria to the opposite, just dejection. That's hard to come back from. A lot of defenses, a lot of players have gone through that. It is tough when you put that much into it versus that guy, the GOAT, to beat him. And they ask you to go back out one more time. And you get cracked and you lose. It's it's just rough. So you're taking all that in. All that you felt, fans calling the game, everyone, everything you were feeling, the players are feeling times 10, especially on defense. I am so glad that you let Jalen Ramsey teapot that because you can't let that fester. You really can't. Uh, if you're trying to put a, where we lose to the team, all this type of stuff, that's going to create resentment. That's when you start having guys fighting on the field. Or like I said, God forbid, in the lunchroom. So I am so glad he said it. And he was dead on. He was pitch perfect. He almost mimicked what the head coach said, which is perfect. That's your leadership showing up. So I felt him. I don't feel for him. You're on defense. you got to make stops. But I understand your frustration in that moment. You have got to call out your teammates. They have got to be better in that situation. They have got to be as committed as you are on the other side of the ball. That's what he felt. Sunday night was a night to speak truth. This week, I think, is about truth-telling. And here was Sean McVay's reaction to that very subject. He wants what's right, and he's consistent in terms of that passion that he exudes day in and day out, game in and game out. And whether that be a wanting the offensive guys to expect to be able to finish that drive uh, with a first down so that we don't have to go back out on the grass defensively. And it's no different than when he's challenging his defensive teammates or when he's responding from different moments in the right way. And so I know where he's coming from, and I know it comes from the right place and the right intention intentions of trying to lead and trying to bring guys with them the best that they can so that they have the expectations of let's go expect to go close this out with the confidence um, you know that we should have a couple of thoughts on this first I want to say I hope it's possible for us to agree to be disappointed in the results not just win loss but the product on the field to be nauseated by that but to still appreciate the leadership that's in place in Thousand Oaks. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And this is why I like Sean McVay. This is why, like I said, I would run through the wall for him because he gets it, he understands it, he's in tune with his football team and what football's about. Because if you soft play what went on with the offense, mm-hmm. you're going to lose the respect of guys like him, and then you've got no team. That's your leadership. So he was dead on. He was right. He's right. Jalen's right. Let's all get better. Let's all move on. I'm glad, like I said, you let that guy teapot that. Because, you know, maybe some guys don't have the voice. Maybe some guys would be so humble they would keep that in and just build that resentment. And then when it comes time to where they need you, they may not be there for you. But with guys like Jalen, when you call that stuff out, you have no choice as a player on the other side, the the guys that are listening, to respond to that. He's in the locker room with you. It's not the head coach. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to attempt to walk and chew bubblegum here because this is a a yes and. This is a multiple things can be true comment. Jalen's right. They shouldn't have been back out there. That should have been game over. But they also, the Buccaneers should have scored on second down. Scotty Miller dropped a touchdown. No doubt. So let's not pretend. Bounced right off him. Let's not pretend that you were like lights out, suffocating, three and out, like stopped them. Uh, They got him. They missed. But they got him on that drive? Right. Brady and the Bucks got the Rams defense on that drive. That should have been a touchdown. Should have been a touchdown. But you got to make those plays. Yeah. And so you get off the hook there, 
And then what about that next drive? Like, I totally the game agree, ender. Totally agree with the sentiment. A drive that should never have been asked of you. But that was abysmal. That's the part where I said, I don't feel for you. You've got to make stops. Regardless of when they ask you. You've heard me. I said this on the show about the Black Hawk Down guys. You fight your way through a city. You get to safety. It's like asking them to go back out. Well, yeah. Maurice is right. That's the job. So it stinks. It sucks. There's a reason why it happened. You're probably tired. That was your 73rd or 71st, 73rd play against Tom Brady. He's going to find a hole. He already did. You got lucky. So it stinks, but you got to make stops. But it's just it it just really galls you that you you had to go back out when you had the game won. And I try not to address the vocal minority. Yeah. I don't think this is a true reflection of the fan base's feeling. But if it is, I want to take it head on. If you're pointing fingers at Raheem Morris at this stage of the season and saying it's him who's responsible for three and five, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I call that the check, please. That's when the conversation's over. You know, when you're sitting at the bar, Applebee's, you you start talking football with strangers. When that comes up, that's when I go check, please. Yeah, yeah, we're missing something. Yep, I'm with you. That being said, I do think whether it's personnel or approach, there are things the Rams can and maybe should do differently this week on defense too. Let's not pretend that the changes that are coming are limited solely to the offense. That's primarily where the onus rests. But the defense is not a finished product, no, no. and I want to make sure everyone knows that you and I aren't saying that. Definitely, but I'm not going to talk out of both sides of my neck because um, coaching has a lot to do with this. Your position coaches, when you talk about the offensive line and how bad it is, and you have to talk about the coaching. Mm-hmm. Same on the other side. You know, I love Eric Henderson. I love Hendo. But how long have we been talking about there isn't another pass rusher outside of Aaron Donald? Well, you're going to have to develop somebody. You're going to have to make somebody better. And now Greg Gaines' elbow is an issue. Right. So, same on offense. Like, I heard, why can't you make those guys better? And I don't have an answer. You're right. These these are professional coaches. So, if I say it on one side, i got to say it on this side as well. Yeah. Misery loves company. Should we switch to the Cardinals? Because they've got plenty we can lean on Let's go. Here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you watch Hard Knocks by any chance? I, you, anytime it's like a, a spotlight on Buda Baker, I am there. I'm a fan. I love that guy. Uh baller yeah <laughs> he's the safety for the arizona cardinals he might be their best player on the entire Easily. roster this <laughs> season and he is not going to play against the rams this sunday unfortunately at the end of that episode at the end of that game against the seahawks suffered an ankle and along the way kyler murray a hamstring as well how deep have you dug on the cardinals so far how much is similar how much is different from when the rams went there and won in the first month of the season same on offense same way they are throwing the football i looked at their stats and you can correct me if i'm wrong there is not a down and distance where they are running more than they're throwing it hmm. i mean the rams even for they're struggling running the football on first and 10 i still think they're they're running more than they're throwing it so they are more traditional to what we think football is about. Arizona is the opposite way. They are throwing, throwing, and more throwing. Their answer to bad throws is more throws. Uh, so that's that side. That's Kyler Murray in that show. You know what the job is. You understand the assignment. Defensively speaking, this is what we also talked about. Uh, they blitz because they have to. Um, they don't stop the run very well, and they don't have a lot of pass rushers. J.J. Watt is like the ultimate uh, relief pitcher. He can get anybody out, any one batter out. But if he stays out there too long, you got problems. So that's why I think this week the Rams' offense actually has a chance 
to move the football and look like something we've seen before. All right, so potentially without their best defensive player, uh, they've got injuries at offensive line, at receiver, but they do have DeAndre Hopkins back. And I think it's fair to say, maybe last week is the exception that proves the rule, they've been different on offense since he's returned from his six-game suspension, which was in the window where the Rams beat them in Arizona the first time. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a matchup problem. Uh, for the Rams, it's a little bit different because we kind of have the antidote. Yeah, he. Th- that's, that's yeah. really well said. The Cardinals in their current state, it's tough to forget that they are built in a way to succeed, but that the Rams have always had the blueprint to stop them. Right. Which is, when you were talking about, hey, they're a, they're a pass-heavy team, even in, in situations where you would think run, to me, my immediate reaction to that is a sigh of relief. Exactly. Because they're not going to sledgehammer you. No. Uh, but look, if you let Kyler Murray break contain, if the, you let John Connor or said running back slip between the cracks, you don't do a great job in your front seven. They stay on the field. You got problems in the red zone. They unleash that little guy and he scores. You did a great job against them last time. And I almost feel bad. I think I'm responsible for this offensive shortage. Tell me more. Because I remember how we felt leaving Arizona. I know I was laughing. You threw the ball 62, 62 times and you couldn't find the end zone. Yeah. I think I tempted the football gods. <laughs> I really did. That's not That wasn't fair of me. So... I now know how hard it is to get 10 yards in the National Football League. Man, it just it makes me incredulous again at the state of the Rams offense and running game in particular because that that was a whisker away from being a two rushing touchdown game for Cam Akers. Yes. Right? And and even in frustration, he came off that sideline and got a pat on the back and a hug from Sean McVay. It seemed like they were moving in the right direction. Instead, it fractured and went in a bad way. I, Real quick on this, Daryl Henderson's your featured back Sunday? You know, shout out to Daryl. What, he had a 10-yard run backed up by a 23-yard run, a couple of pops. 23, the longest run of the season for the Rams, surpassing the 20-yard jet sweep touchdown that Cup got against these cards. So just ignore what we're saying, Daryl. Stay in your own world and keep doing what you're doing. Eventually, like, he's going to pop a few. Um, he's been quick to the hole, and the defense has really had to work hard to stop him. Eventually, you're going to make some of those guys miss, and off we go. And if it is Wolford or even Perkins, I think the game plan will be conducive to Henderson thriving. With a rebuilt offensive line, reason for optimism. If it's Wolford, I think you go more under center and play more Jared Goff mm-hmm. era Rams football. Am I wrong? Oh No, you're right. Go okay, ahead. so yeah. so I, I think, I'm not trying to play fantasy football here. I'm not pitching you on a start Daryl Henderson decision, <laughs> although if you have him, go for it. Um, but I, I think there's a path to beating the Cardinals, regardless of who's at quarterback, that leans heavily on Daryl Henderson. I think he could be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get more on the state of the Cardinals on the other side of this quick stoppage. Four down territory is next, and you are listening to Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. We continue with this edition of Rams All Access. It's week 10. It's the midway point of the National Football League schedule. And SoFi Stadium is the scene for a Cardinals-Rams rematch as L.A. looks to sweep Arizona again here in 2022. Our guest for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory, is Dan Minucci. He hosts a radio show in the Valley of the Sun. He's a, uh, a friend and a colleague, and he also is a quarterback's coach. Great quarterback in his day. He's worked with Bryce Perkins, who... We'll see. May get a chance this week with the Los Angeles Rams. Dan, why don't we start there? If Bryce does get a chance, how excited are you to see one of your protégés in an NFL game? 
Well, it was great because during the off week, JB, he came home and uh, he was he making the rounds. I'm out there training my guys on Saturday morning, and and uh, Bryce and his dad, uh, uh, you know, Bruce, both stopped by. We talked a little bit, and we talked about you know, the opportunity to play this year. And he's ready. He, he feels good. He understands the offense, and he's somewhat stopping at the bit, JB. So if for all intents and purposes, he gets a chance to play. I know that Bryce Perkins is playing. Uh, we talked a little bit about game management, about uh, keeping your hurdling to a minimum, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then, you know, just little things about playing and getting the opportunity to play. So Bryce Perkins is ready to go. QB Minuch is our guest on this week's weekly trip inside opponent's territory. We call it four-down territory. How about the other quarterback in this game? We'll see about Stafford and the concussion protocol, but watching Hard Knocks last night, we got a good look behind the scenes at Kyler Murray's hamstring tweak. Uh, How much is he compromised if his running ability is limited against the Rams? Well, I I would say it's almost 50-60% of his game, JB, for him to roll out to uh, bootleg, to scramble, and when he's hitting on all sellers, including the running piece of his game, uh, that's how this offense moves. Now, if he's relegated the pocket and bootlegs and several things, you know, waggles and those kind of things where he doesn't have to open up and tweak that hamstring again, I think he'll be okay. But as you and I both know, JB, um, you know, you can't, you, you can't tell a Ferrari once it's in fourth gear to go back to second gear, right? <laughs> right. So you basically have got to – you got to, you know, if, he, if he's good to go, fine. If not, I think Colt McCoy, who I think is very capable of running this offense, is waiting in the wings uh, to take this offense. And quite frankly, JB, I think a lot of folks right now uh, wouldn't have a problem with Tyler sitting this one out and seeing how Colt McCoy manages his team to see if they can get a victory with a veteran quarterback that doesn't have to run in order to be a, a, a good performing quarterback. Yeah, tough to leave a $230 million Ferrari in the garage, but Colt McCoy did get them to where they were trying to go uh, last season. This is Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory on Rams All Access. Damanuch from Phoenix is our guest. What about on the other side of the ball? Buda Baker was the star of that Hard Knocks episode to me. Already thought very highly of his game, but now and more impressed with the person and the emotional leadership he provides a struggling Arizona defense how can they possibly replace his absence on Sunday well you can't JB he, he really is the heart and the soul the drum beat he's the uh, he's the energy really he, he's that go-go gadget they have on that defensive side as you saw in hard knocks the impassioned speech that he had after that game last week that that loss they had against Seattle and you don't replace them. The only thing you can do is, you know, you'll, you'll probably put Chris Banjo in there and maybe Jalen Thompson. But if you look at this defense, they got to get their juice from somewhere else. They're not getting to the quarterback. They're not applying the kind of pressure. Um, I will say this, though. They're not giving up the big play, per se, uh, game in and game out. The only other issue that they have is they're having a hard time stopping the run. So here's a team that's given up 1,300 yards of total offense in three games, and if I, JB, if I do my Kansas State math, I carry the one, it's about 400-plus yards per game of total offense. Also, they're one of the worst teams as far as third-down conversions, or I should say preventing them. I think they're 28th or 29th. And much like the Rams, uh, they're not a very good second-half team. When they are trailing at halftime under the Cliff Kingsbury era, this team is 6-27-1. and one. 
So the adjustments have got to come through and through against this Rams team, especially without Buda Baker in the lineup. Uh, math and calculus you learned in Manhattan, Kansas, uh, Dan Minucci, right. but it would play on Wall Street in the other Manhattan. <laughs> Very sharp. Uh, final question, and that is just kind of the must-win nature of this game and the temperament of the Cardinals. It feels like both of these franchises are on the brink, so to speak. How do you view this matchup on Sunday and how much trouble are the Cardinals in if they were to lose it, Dan? Well, they'd be in a lot of trouble. I think the winner of this game will, will boost themselves to at least attempt to right the ship. And, and I say that because talk about, um, I think uh, this is the fork in the road, J.B., Whoever loses this is going to go the wrong way. Whoever wins it can get back on track and try to salvage the season. But if the Cardinals lose this and they lose to San Francisco next week, then they got the L.A. Chargers the following week. Uh, This is a proverbial murderer's row of games. And this team is very injured like you guys are. They don't have the depth, but they got to find a will and a way because this team will typically go two steps forward, five steps back. But – this is a must-win playoff contending game, I really feel, for both teams. All right. He's the co-host of Rock and Minucci in Phoenix, former NFL quarterback Dan Minucci, our guest on Four Down Territory. Thanks for the insight. I know we're going to chat on your show uh, here on this Thursday as well. And if Bryce gets in, maybe we'll follow up next week as well to get more of your insight on uh, the young quarterback. Thank you, Dan. Always a pleasure, J.P. Look forward to talking this afternoon. Thank you. All right, DeMarco Far back after this. You're listening to Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. Final segment of Rams All Access, the one and only home game the Rams will play at SoFi Stadium in this month of November. With DeMarco Far, I'm J.B. Long. I'll be really curious to see where are the Rams and what are they playing for the next time we get together in Inglewood. The Seahawks backloaded on the schedule this year. The home-and-home Starts next month with the division-leading Seahawks, and we'll get to their game in Germany against the Bucs in just a moment. But this one against Arizona to see if you can get right. A trip to New Orleans to face a sub-500 Saints team, and then Thanksgiving in Kansas City. Nice little three-game stretch before the Rams' next home game. You you, you got to get this one. You, you really do. Um, look, I, I think you're more than capable, even with what we saw versus Tampa, even with John Wolford, I think you're more than capable of beating the Arizona Cardinals because I think you have it where they hate it most on defense. They've got a guy you can't block and a corner that can shut down your best guy. So if you're just – and I said this in Tampa, and I heard this off the sideline just when I thought it. The Rams scored first, or the Rams took the lead, and I said, there's your lead. Now make it stand make up. Make it stand up, yeah. Same thing could happen versus Arizona. You may have to do it for three and a half quarters, but once you get the lead, you can make it stand up against these guys. Speaking of John Wolford, we've probably gone too far without hearing from the potential starter uh, this Sunday for the Los Angeles Rams. Let's get a little taste. Uh, Adam Bronstein, our producer, of what he had to say in preparation for this division rival. I don't think it's much different, honestly. Um, you know, my process is going to stay the same. You know, when I first got in the league, my goal was always to prepare as if I'm the starter. So, not much of a change. Um, be ready to go if I'm called on, and, and uh, pumped to play if I get to. Yeah, it wasn't a great summer for Wolford. Um, I think that probably colored our perception of him differently than what we saw from him in real action at the end of the 2020 season, and even the start of that playoff game, the wild card win at Seattle. Oh, you mean preseason? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, he wasn't very good in training camp in preseason. Yeah, 
Uh, a lot of picks, a lot of missed throws, but I mean, who knows what he was working on? He did get a lot of reps, though, yeah. with the ones because of Stafford's elbow management. I remember we were talking more about Perkins. Can Perkins supplant him as the number two guy? But I mean, we heard way back then, even when he was in the middle of his struggles, they trust him, they know him. So who knows what was going on back then? But you you know this, he knows the offense. He definitely knows the offense, and you can call just about anything with him, and you can open up the playbook slightly with the running game because of his ability. But ultimately, you're okay with categorizing this as a must-win? I think so. It seemed like you were heading in that direction. I, I do. I think so for, I mean, for the playoffs, for division, all that stuff, absolutely. This is Arizona. you got to take care of business. But for team morale... For what happened in Tampa, you got to get this right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you really have to get this right as a football team, or like you said, the, the rest of the year will be tough. We'll see if the Buccaneers get right coming off that dramatic win against the Rams. And the reason I bring that up is because the Seahawks have now won four games in a row by at least two scores. They're atop the West at six and three. They faced the four and five Buccaneers in uh, your old stomping grounds. NFL Germany? Yeah, they're going to Munich, right? To a, play. First, a first time, yeah. Yeah, we landed in Munich. There wasn't a team there. I was in uh, Berlin, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad they're bringing the NFL back to Germany. They love the sport over there. Did you see Geno Smith was asked today if he did any high knees on the flight? over to Europe. <laughs> what was his answer? He, he handled it <laughs> with a plum. He said, man, I feel like you're trying to do something here. Wow. And they were. Oh, they were. Says he saved the high knees uh, for the field. <laughs> I uh, love Russ, but he needs a filter. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Seahawks play abroad, yeah. and then they have their bye in week 11. Week 12, they're home to the Raiders. So you would figure, DeMarco, no worse than 7-4 and four before they take on the Rams? The, my point is, yeah. I, I, I think the 49ers are about to take off. I think they're going to come out of their bye like a rocket shot. Uh, but I still feel like when the Rams get together with the Seahawks, they're going to be the first place Pete Carroll led Seattle Seahawks. Possibly. Uh, I was just watching them last night. You know, watching Arizona, but watching Seattle at the same time. Watching Geno Smith. Uh, the guy is pulling rabbits out of hats. I mean, he's doing some miracle stuff. Um, I'm not sure if I like the play calling, but they are making plays on offense. So I could definitely see them, like you said. Seven and four. San Francisco's interesting because there's always one hitch. Garoppolo only plays like Montana against the Rams. <laughs> you do have to remind yourself yeah. that the four and four 49ers are not playing the Rams this week. But this feels like a different ball game. One, because they're getting healthy, and two, because they have that Christian McCaffrey guy now. Yeah. And they have a, a great defensive line when healthy and that travels. So yeah. I'm right there with you. They're home to the five and three Chargers this week. I'll be curious to see. Consensus probably that the Chargers are the worst team with a winning record in the National Football League. That yeah. th that things like double fumbles have to happen for them to beat the Atlanta Falcons, for instance, and so that they are not as good as their five win record would indicate. But nonetheless, they're a playoff team going to San Francisco. What do you call that? The outlier to the Bill Parcells? You are what your record says you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this might you be the one outlier. <laughs> what your record says you are. <laughs> right in this instance. <laughs> uh, but the, but that, to me, will be a good litmus test, I think, for who the 49ers yeah. are, not only post-buy, but with Christian McCaffrey coming off that 
triple threat performance, I guess, in a win over the Rams where he threw four, rush four, and caught a touchdown. Like, how much belief does that 49ers group have that they are the best team in the West, if not in the NFC? He's great. I, you have to say it. And this is not just from a Rams perspective, but everybody in the NFC West, he just changed the math. You have to draft and develop guys to play against him because what you have may be a little bit too big, too slow, too this, too that. For a guy that can do it all. Change the math in more ways than one, right? We're yes. St- we're still waiting to see how do defenses handle an offense that can put two backs out there. You put him and check out there with Kittle at tight end and Ayuk and Debo at receiver. Yeah. That's a that's a 21 personnel grouping that I don't think has an answer on defense. You know who might be best, I mean, not saying the Rams aren't, but who might be best suited, or at least they look the part, is Arizona's defense. Their linebackers look great and they With can line, all run. Linebackers that play like corners and safeties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By we'll the way, that, that matchup. Yeah. Uh, not to get back into Arizona, but the one thing they have going for them on defense is those uh, young linebackers, their first round pickets at linebackers, they finally have shown up. They're yeah. like they're like not only playing well but scoring touchdowns on defense. So that's one thing about the Cardinals uh, that will be different. All right, let's get to our playoff eliminator installment, Week Ten edition. Demarco Far, JB Long here on Rams All Access. Each week we have uh, drafted teams that we think are going to miss the postseason. If they do miss the postseason, they're good for a point. If they make it, however, they blow up your portfolio and they bounce you from the game. Did it last season? Demarco was the winner, although we both had some uh, some hand grenades in our <laughs> in our bag last year. We're trying to do better this year. Uh, here's how things stand. Uh, JB, talking here. I have the Jets, Falcons, Seahawks, Panthers, and Lions. Lions were in good shape. That was the most recent pick we made. Panthers probably safe there falcons we'll see what happens in the south i think tampa bay is going to win that division i think they'll be the only team out of the south that makes the playoffs seahawks are a problem and jets having beaten the bills a problem the good news is i get one mulligan and i've yet to use it uh yeah you're gonna have to use it with seattle probably yeah it looks that way Uh, Uh, you've got the texans raiders so far so good commanders looking good pittsburgh steelers looking great you went with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You went all in on the Rams last week, and they did not deliver for you. But the Bucs, albeit in the playoff picture, are still a 500 team. They're at 4-5. and five, And look out. Did you, do you have Atlanta? I have Atlanta. You have Atlanta. Okay, that's going to decide this whole game right there. Those two teams. But you have the mulligan, which is going to mess me up. I knew I shouldn't have given that up, but Miami is streaking too. Uh, so who picks this week? It's your go if you want to. My go. I have uh, five teams. You have five teams. But the Detroit Lions, I think, were my most recent pick. Adam Bronstein, our producer, can uh, confirm yeah. or deny that. But, you know, we play loose and fast with the rules here on Playoff Eliminator. So, Do you have New England? You do not have New England. No, I I'm don't. taking New England, then, at five and four. Uh, weird division. but And Josh Allen is banged up, which kind of opens it up. The Jets are going to come back to earth at some point, don't you think? Maybe. I do, but you know what else I will say is I am always guilty. I don't want to speak for you. I'm always guilty of being slow to embrace the new reality of the National Football League, which is a sport in which teams go first to worst and worst to first routinely. It happens every year. And so I will forever think of the New England Patriots as a playoff team, whether they are or are not. Just like I am completely shook by the fact that the Buccaneers – and Green Bay Packers and Los Angeles Rams are hurting right now. Struggling, yeah. Are are not 
legitimate championship threats. It's an odd year. Uh, they're New England's five and four. I do not have the guts to pick Green Bay. I don't. But I can say this about at least the AFC East. New England's not going to win that division. So I think I'm safe by taking the Patriots. You're, you're saying their ceiling is a wild card spot, so you yes. can live in that reality? And I think there might be some other teams that are in line for that wild card spot right now. So I am not – I'll take New England. That coincides with you bailing on the Dolphins. Yes. That checks out. <laughs> we'll let it go. I'm not going to make a pick this week. I'm going to wait and see what next week brings a little bit more clarity after the midway point of the NFL season. Oh, my God. Cincinnati is – right now, New England's eighth. Cincinnati's ninth. Indianapolis is tenth. What would you make of Jeff Saturday? Wow. Good for him. Unbelievable they hired him, though. But good for Jeff. I love Jeff. Great guy. Loves the game. Has a passion for it. You heard his speech. Good for him. He didn't hire himself, but I can't believe that's the way they went. That's unbelievable. There's hope for you yet. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Someone pulls you off the mic no. and onto the sideline. I like my hair. It's going to be fun watching like Jeff Saturday age right before our eyes. I mean, Jeff knows how hard he's going to have to work over these next 10 weeks, right? Uh, you saw the hard knocks. They showed uh, Kingsbury's house, right? What did he say about it? Spartan. What did he say about it? it when I leave, it's dark, and when I get home, it's dark. Welcome to the NFL, <laughs> Jeff Saturday. <laughs> yeah, Welcome he's to show, head coach. He's showing everyone the view of like the Camelback Mountain. He's like, I'm only here with a view with the lights on and the sun out because you're making me. Right, absolutely. Give me one final thought on Rams and Cardinals to prepare us for Sunday at SoFi. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford, I you know, hope you get well. Um, I understand what his wife had to say. That's got to be tough for her watching your husband, you know, get hit like that. But look, in John Wolford, we trust. And in John Wolford's legs, we can open up the offense, uh, which is exactly what a struggling offensive line needs. So this could be a blessing in disguise, but you got to get this one versus Arizona. All right. He'll be there. DeMarco Farr, Maurice Jones-Drew will join us. Adam Bronstein, our producer. I'm JB Long. Thank you for being with us for this installment of Rams All Access. Hoping to come back next week to preview a trip to New Orleans, a rematch of that NFC Championship game, a rivalry that's gone a little bit dormant. Can the Rams spark it with a win over the Cardinals and salvage their season? Looking forward to Sunday. Hope you can join us in person, if not right here on 710 ESPN.